Welcome to episode 936 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Thursday, June 3rd. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How I'm you doing? I'm quite well. Um, I don't have any specific reasons. I try to come up with a specific reason for you, but I'm just doing all right. It's a gloomy day. It's It's got to be because you're second overall okay, in the main event. Is that. And I wasn't fishing for that, but since you brought it up, dude, it's insane. <laughs> it's absolutely nuts. Can we end the season right. now? Can I lobby? Like, this is where the season would have ended last year. I would have, I would have finished second in the main last year. Um, dude, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Staying healthy, you know, staying healthy so far and avoiding Carlos Martinez-esque starts. For a uh, fun exercise, I wanted to see somebody, you know, in the top, whatever, you know, whatever I could find that uh, probably had Carlos Martinez. So I started looking for people with at least 100 point drops and I found one. And do you want to guess how many points that person lost in the main event yesterday with Carlos Martinez? 169. <laughs> You're very close. It was 174. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was just saying yeah, it for the meme. You but... were almost dead on. Um, that's the kind of stuff I need to avoid to, uh, you know, to, to, to stay in this all year because holy crap, dude. Now, you know, in a main event situation, why would you start Carlos Martinez against the Dodgers? Um, I did start him in, in, in a league, so I'm not I'm not clean here. It was a head-to-head points league, and he literally wiped out Pablo Lopez's start and then some. But, oh, man, that's – that's a tough risk in a main event. I know it's easy right now with hindsight, but it is still Carmart against the Dodgers. So I don't even Dodgers, I don't even yeah. know if it's all hindsight. Just and I'm not trying to point and laugh either. I, I don't know, and I know we can't rewind to that time. But he had a 4.22 ERA coming into the year um, with uh, 30 strikeouts and 16 walks in 53 and a third. So this the skills weren't great. I mean. I don't know if you had this choice anywhere, but we, we, do you think you started him? I, I mean, again, it's hard to say. I did. Like start him. Uh, no, no, I, I had oh, this okay. choice in the main event, um, and it was like I could start Pablo Lopez versus the yep. Blue Jays in Buffalo, or I could Second. start Patrick Corbin against Atlanta. As a, um, as a group today in the uh, Discord for Patreon. Yeah, and I had to start like two of these three. Um, or I could start Carmart um, versus the Dodgers, and, and I sat Carmart. So I'm hoping Patrick Corbin doesn't get lit up today because Lopez did good enough yeah. yesterday. Surely it can't so. be as bad as this. Literally 10 runs and 10 base runners in two-thirds of an inning. Just absolutely devastating. Pa- Patrick Corbin listening. Yeah, hold my, my beer. beer. I got this. I can hang sliders literally all day. Um, and the Braves are pretty good, but uh, let's stay with Carmart's team and just dive right into the news because we are running in right into that that Braves uh, Nats game. So we got it. We got to be tight with our time here. We talked about this on Tuesday. We were worried about it. We were hoping it was minor. It's not minor. Jack Flaherty going to the IL with an oblique strain that they're that they're saying is pretty bad. You know when the team isn't soft pedaling their language on it. That it's really bad because, uh, you know, saying like this isn't minimal, this is like a real tear is basically a team version of this is awful. 
this could be very, very bad. Mm-hmm. And listen, I know we beat this drum sometimes in a meme fashion, but this is why freaking pitchers shouldn't be batting, dude. It's such a dumb, worthless risk. And I'm sorry, I just I don't see the other side on this in any way, shape, or form. Pitchers batting is the stupidest thing that this game does, and baseball does a lot of stupid things, Justin. Yeah, I mean, I was on the other side of it for a really long time. Um, and I remember one of the early episodes of Friends of Fantasy Benefits, which no longer exists, oh. uh, I argued uh, I argued against the DH in the National League. Um, and so, like, I was really, really pro-DH. But, I mean, it just makes no sense. And, you know, injuries like this just add mm-hmm. to it. Uh, it just it shouldn't, it shouldn't be. It, just, like, it just shouldn't be a thing with them with – you know, with the prices that they pay pitchers to pitch, they don't ask them to train to hit. You know, there's a few guys that do it. Um, Dusty and I got to see Hunjin Ryu take batting practice. It's, in- it's the only sport where two conferences have the different oh, yeah. rules. It, it just makes and, no like, sense. It, it's basically if the Western Conference didn't have a three-point line. You know, yeah. Or like... You could you could not go for an extra point in the AFC. You had to go for two, but in the NFC they still yeah, had the extra. It's like point. something like that that because I think we're hitting on the right type of rule changes it would be comparable to because it has to affect the scoring and obviously having a more capable hitter in the DH versus the pitcher drastically affects the scoring and it just we saw it live in Living Color last year that it totally is good to have DH across the, uh, the entire league. I don't know how that didn't get done. And, of course, you and I were very much on the NLDH train for 2021. You, n- you never know. The, the DH I mean, I know you're look- still in on it, but, like, we were, like, pretty <laughs> strong. And you were the literal last holdout, but I think we were two of the last holdouts as far as, like, no, they can still get it done. Um, like I said, you're still – Yeah, me and Michael out. Gauvier were, yeah. like – Hold it we on. We'll have a weekly meeting to talk about how it could be implemented mm-hmm. for this. Season. It's a support yeah, no, group. It's, it, it, you, need, you guys both desperately need it. Um, no. Hi, my name is Justin, and I need the DH in the National League. <laughs> Hi, Justin. I drafted Kyle Schwarber. I drafted – you, you just named like four guys. that <laughs> Seth yeah, Beer. That, that needs to be stashed in my um, – So obviously we're not cutting Flaherty here. I think you have to hold them universally even with this looking bad – um, but I'm I'm curious if you have any interest, any league format where Johan Oviedo uh, would would cross your path, or do you think maybe a Daniel Ponce de Leon gets in? Uh, Ponce de Leon does have two starts this year, but he's been mostly a reliever, whereas Oviedo has four starts in his five appearances, although the, the skills have not been strong. Uh, basically, the the replacement here, do, whoever it is, do they draw any interest for you? Probably not. I mean, I've been a Ponce de Leon guy in the past, but it looks like Oviedo is gonna be the yeah. guy. Um, I'd bet on Oviedo if I was if I was specking, and if you're like in NL only where a, a warm body could help, that's probably your your go to. But I will say he has a 5.40 ERA, and the skills that say it could be even worse. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want either. Me neither, not right now. And I had some love for Ponce coming into the season. I was actually kind of going off of the hype from uh, from Nick Pollock. I, I was believing, you know, I, I bought in what what he was saying about him. And I don't say that to blame him or anything. I'm just saying that 
No, I, I, I really don't. You know, I'm, I make my own decisions. I'm like, hey, I'm with you. I agree on this. Go Ponce. He's a great, like, last pick. And he's just been brutal. He's just walking way, 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 way too many guys. And the strikeout surge that he had last year has not come along with those walks, making it really difficult for him to succeed. So I don't think there's anything here. Um, you know, hopefully you can find something useful on the wire that isn't St. Louis related to replace Flaherty because this is a big, big loss. He had a 290 ERA. He was 8-1, and one too. That's massive. I know – Oh, we don't talk a lot about win loss record because of the unpredictability of it and how fluky it can be. But when somebody's eight and one, I think we talked about this the other day about how somebody was on the player rater very low because they only had one win. Flaherty, eight wins in addition to the elite ratios, and of course, that he has. I mean, this is a catastrophic loss. So hopefully, people don't have too much trouble. Uh, or, you know, finding at least somebody useful, but you're probably not going to replace Flaherty himself. At least you've already banked those yes, eight wins. That's a like, big, that's a big number to put in, put in the bank right now. And, and hopefully you have some pitching depth. Maybe you got, uh, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to move the, the, um, the outline a little bit here and talk about this guy. Cause maybe you have this guy coming off your IL in Eliezer Hernandez who returns today for the Marlins, somebody that the folks have been waiting for now uh, for over two months. He hit the 60-day IL, and he's coming back after, uh, I think, some couple rehab outings. You know, he wasn't very good in his one outing this year. Nothing, we're not putting anything in that. He was kind of breaking out last year, though. A lot of folks big-time interested in him. He, he garnered a lot of love this offseason. A lot of Marlins did, uh, but there was a big Eliezer contingent as well. I have some concerns about his home run rate and and the lack of a deep arsenal, but I do understand the intrigue here, not only from an Eliezer standpoint himself, but to me, the Marlins have jumped to a level where if they've got a pitcher that's making some noise, I'm interested inherently because it's the Marlins and the pitching development that they've shown. Where were you on Eliezer coming into the year and how do you feel about his potential return here? I was a little bit of a late convert. Um, but I, I, I had a hard time believing in him because I didn't really see much of a third pitch, uh, but he really showed it, uh, kind of in spring training. And I started to kind of come around really by the pro- poking and prodding of you and Jason. Uh, so, I mean, it's kind of a bummer. I got, I got a few kind of late shares. Uh, so when he went down, I was, I was a little bit, I'm a little uh, I don't think I did because they were like in. 12 I, I totally understand because again, sixty day IL twelve team. I think some fifteen mm-hmm. teamers probably had a tough time hanging on. These, these bicep injuries tend to then migrate to a more disastrous part of. The and order. there's also the fact that like that now maybe he was just already hurt from the jump, but the one start he did have his velo was down to eighty eight point eight, down ninety one four. And, you know, like I said, homers have been prevalent throughout his career. Even in last year's breakout, he was at 1.8. So I just had some nerves related to that. But, um, you know, I still want to see where he can be. His rehab wasn't great. Uh, we don't put a whole lot in that, though. I'm not going to sit here and try to break down his minor league ERA. Considering how little time he Eliezer had had in the majors this year, I wouldn't be surprised if he was kind of tuning up and working on stuff in those triple a starts as opposed to you know desperately trying to get everybody out and it was you know it was still a really good whip really good strikeout rate it's just that the era was a little high for eliezer and what happened gave up homers so uh what is your expectation for him from here forward if he stays healthy 
What do you think we're getting out of Eliezer from uh, June 3rd on? Uh, I think we're probably getting a guy who kind of does a little bit what he what he's done, which is he doesn't walk a uh, ton of guys. So the homers, while they're not going to be helpful, they're not going to like super crush you. You're going to get a ton of strikeouts. I, I really worry about the health, though. Yeah, that, like that's that my is biggest concern. I, I gave the old, you know, let's pretend he stays healthy. But that right now is something that we have to pretend because we cannot guarantee that. Gets a soft landing here at Pittsburgh, though. So at the very least, hopefully he uh, he gives folks a nice you know six inning. Yeah, I'd roll. I'd roll. With oh that. yeah, yeah. You got you got to go with that today. Uh, his last outing, I wanted to see. Oh wait, oh wait. Sorry, I was looking at major league uh, game log. I was like, wait, what? Why does this say he only had one minor league start? Sorry, uh, I'm trying to get the the game log there to see what his innings counts have been at AAA. Four and two-thirds, four and two-thirds. There you go. It, that, that's actually in reverse order. Uh, the three was the first one, and then yes. four and two-thirds the last time. But, I mean, the, the four and two-thirds in the last one, he he faced 22 batters. So, like, it, it was yeah, just a disastrous was outing. Okay, okay. So, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't think he's going to be super held back. 79 pitches in that one. They can stretch him out to, like, 90 today if he's going well. I think uh, you ride it till you can't. You, you waited this long. I say you get him back in right away here, and you go uh, until Eliezer can't go anymore. All right, moving on. This one could be a tough replacement because catcher, believe it or not, is a wasteland. <laughs> we obviously already knew that, uh, but Mitch Garver wasn't somebody that people were super bought back in on this year. There was some Ryan Jeffers love. I was part of that. Um, but Garver, you know, he's only hitting 224. But as we've discussed, even 224 is not god-awful unplayable this year, especially when you have eight homers and 17 ribbies at the catcher position. And now he goes to the IL with a groin groin issue. Uh, This is a bummer of a loss because when you have to dip into that catching pool to replace somebody, it's really hard, Justin. Do you have any Garver out there? And how, how concerned are you about this injury to his groin? Yeah, I've got Garver in the uh, um, in the tag team league okay. with Shelley, which is uh, also the team I've got Flaherty on. Oh, so this yes. is and and Zach Gallen. Jeez. Oh, um, uh, so th- th- taking a little bit of beating. Uh, interesting uh, thing. Uh, you know, we talked about how Memorial Day is kind of the benchmark where we start to see standing stabilize. Uh, this week uh, in that league, we have been second and we have been 11th. <gasps> oh my God, that's going to be a hell of a league. Holy cow. Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, it's a really, really like stacked league and the the uh, <laughs> the standings have just been moving quite uh, a lot. And the concept of it was very uh, cool too. Um, oh, I mean, I just... uh, so Matt Modica's in that league uh, and his team gained 12 and a half standing points Holy yesterday. Holy smokes. So... Nothing is settling. Like I said, like you said, we talk about how Memorial Day is a, is a good benchmark, but that doesn't mean that every league uh, is starting to stratify. Some leagues are still just as tight as they were, you know, a week or two in. And I love seeing that uh, in, in your league there. Hopefully you end up on the upper side of that. You guys need some health, unfortunately, uh, with Garver going down and Flaherty. Does Jeffers interest you at all? Like I said, there was some uh, – 
preseason buzz on him. He's been a disaster. He was pretty good last year in 62 plate appearances. That's what drew some of the interest. And there was some backing in his profile, uh, in his scouting profile as a prospect that suggested that there might be a little bit of a bat here. And then uh, 184, 244, 342, and 41 plate appearances. That's a tiny sample, but the really alarming issue is something that we started to see last year. He had a 31% strikeout rate. This year, it's elevated to 46. Now, there has not been a corresponding swinging strike rate jump, so it's at 12%. A 12% should not necessarily be fostering this high of a strikeout rate, so I feel like that can come down. But where do you come out on Jeffers? Do you see anything here? Is this someone that you and Shelly will be interested in, or are you going to go elsewhere for your catching replacement? Yeah, um, let me think. Uh, I, I mean, he'll he'll be on the list of guys we just cut. Mike Zuno. Okay. I just he might be... Uh, I, I know how much he loves you, you know, but uh, he he might be an option. He's 12 homers. Oh, wait, wait. Uh, Why'd us. you guys cut him? He has 12 homers. Uh, because we had to make room. We had, we had to make room for a different oh, player. Okay. We had three. We, we had three. We were rushing uh, three okay, catchers. Okay, like, okay. Um, because uh, Mejia got yeah. hurt. Um, probably should have just dropped Mejia, but... Uh, he- we won't but he's been delivering now. some a, interesting batting average from catcher. 258 is like a godsend at catcher right now with the three homers. So now if you get Zanino yeah. back, you just run Tampa Bay's catcher, which, hey, sometimes that's not a bad idea. In a two-catcher league, it can be difficult. Sometimes you just take a team's full catcher and you say, let's just run with that. By the way, did you hear that, Thunder? I yeah, did. It's, it's wild. We had a insane storm last night like literally zero visibility in front of me driving home from from trivia it was treacherous and it has stayed pretty ugly that that thunder was extremely loud anyway sorry to derail us there but um maybe another guy it was a pretty ugly injury did you see this thing because oh, i was watching oh, live uh, what happened. so it was it was the second bat of the game it was a foul tip straight to his Keeling Never over, regions. yeah, keeling over. Um, he was down for a good fifteen to twenty minutes. Oh, this was like, like I said, second at bat of the game, uh, or second batter of the game, and uh, Cedric Mullins led off with a, a amazing okay. triple. Okay, um, and had an amazing catch in that game. And I was going to um, tweet it to you, and I'd seen that you'd already tweeted it. So. Oh yeah, no, I was yeah, watching. You, what you were on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was pretty, he, he was in a absolute ton of pain. Uh, I, I, like I said, uh, Rocco Baldelli, their manager has already said that he is not going to be catching for quite a while. I think he's a cut in leagues where, uh, you can't, like, you have to make a real yeah, decision in terms of your roster. And spots. you don't have an IL. I totally agree. I think, I think, he, uh, Garver has to be a cut there. Um, because you just can't hold somebody with that kind of outlook that isn't going to catch for a long time and has such a severe injury. If you guys can go get Zanino, that'll definitely work. A, a guy who could be Zanino Garver-esque is somebody I think we talked about somewhat recently in Eric Haas when we talked about the uh, Wilson Ramos. He had a two-homer day. It's going to be power with a terrible batting average. So, you know, it's that Zanino Garver profile. But, I mean, you could do much worse when you've got a lot of guys who are not going to give you power. In a exactly. They're just average. going to give you the terrible batting average. And then you're like, gee whiz, at least give me the power. So I, I would say Eric Haas is somebody y'all should look at both you and Shelly, but also uh, 
He's not available oh, in that right. league, unfortunately. Well, then listeners that uh, lost Garver, get, give him a look. He's still available in, in a lot of two-catcher leagues, but he's starting to get picked up because he's going to play and catcher is a wasteland. So um, good. hopefully Garver gets healthy soon because that sounds awful. I don't even think I'm going to go look up that injury because that stuff, I, I just, I keel over. Uh, I get... If you go back and look at the rotor write-up from, it was the last one I did. It was, I think, on the, on the second. Uh, there's a, just a still of where the ball oh, hit. I'll go look, but I'm scared. I didn't put the entire video. I appreciate so. you on that, but I'm I'm still scared. I am going to look at it, but we are also going to move on to Justin Dunn hitting the IL with with a shoulder issue. This sucks because Justin Dunn was really starting to put some things together. He looked excellent of late uh he was really starting to flex his strikeout stuff uh you know the walks are still really high but recently they'd been uh, more palatable i'll say not 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 as terrible there uh two walks and five and two-thirds but eight strikeouts nine strikeouts against two walks against detroit now he did have a four strikeout three walk game against the padres but he only gave up one run because he only allowed one hit so Dunn was kind of rolling, especially in May. He had a 2.52 ERA with 29 strikeouts in 25 innings. This is a hit, obviously, for the Mariners, but also for fantasy folks. Um, with Justin Dunn, I think he's he's likely a, a cut in most leagues because he, you know, he was more of a, a fringy pitcher anyway, who was playing some of his best ball. But I'm uh, I'm a little nervous on on the shoulder here. Yeah, yeah, and no, I, I think it's a pretty easy cut. Like, I know he's been somewhat good. Uh, underlying skills aren't amazing, though. Uh, and I just don't think he's talented enough uh, to warrant holding on to if you need that roster spot. So, uh, not to mention, uh, like, I think he's one of those guys where you can cut him now and probably get him That's back when he's ready yeah. to come back. If you stay so. dialed in and, and try to jump him that, that one week before, um, you can probably get him at a decent price, too, with Justin Dunn. So just just track him. If he's somebody you really liked, but you know you need the roster spot, so you have to cut him, just stay dialed in on the news and then try to buy him back maybe a week early and t- put him on the bench for one week as opposed to uh, holding him all the way throughout here. So hopefully he comes back soon because it was fun watching him actually get, uh, you know, start to reach some of his, his upside that folks have been talking about. By the way, I see the picture. It is devastating. And, uh, you know, nothing against the person whose tweet you quoted, but he says, hashtag wear a cup. You can't really do it as a catcher. Um, it, it just doesn't fit logically in terms of it'll ride up. And at some point, you know, as, as you maneuver, you're going to be exposed anyway. It's almost more of an issue than it is a help because of the yeah, way. You know, he's got to wear a cup no, when no, you're you, catching. You can't. You can't. I, 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 caught, I, I, I didn't play high-level baseball, either. but when I caught but, games, I wore a cup. I tried to, and it wouldn't. it didn't do anything. It didn't do anything. I, I think catching with a cup, it, it doesn't really do much. Because the way they work and the way squatting works, it just it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit, okay? I'm not talking Juan Uribe. Okay, I'm not talking man. Juan Uribe style it doesn't fit. I'm saying, listen, okay, I'm moving on. Mikey Stremski, thumb injury on a defensive play. Uh, I think you said you were watching this. It looked kind of bad, yeah? Yeah, so he was making a, uh, a leaping catch up against the wall, trying to hit 
what ended up being, I think, a double, um, and just jammed this glove, you know, hand thumb into the wall, trying, you know, trying to kind of twist and make the catch. And he was, you could tell right away, like as soon as he hit the ground, like you could tell he was in serious pain, attempted to try to play through it, um, but was you know, in between pitches, was removing the glove and shaking out his thumb. Uh, I think a lot of people thought it could be broken. X-rays are negative, which is a good sign. So I think he's just day to day right now. But uh, this, you know, this has been kind of a reoccurring thing with Yaz this year where he he's getting injured, especially playing yep. the field. Uh, like, I hope this isn't turning into like a Kevin Kiermeyer type situation where he just plays so hard he hurts yeah. himself. Especially because uh, his, his yeah. bat can be so great. I mean, I know he's struggling a little bit with the batting average this year at 222, but his OBP is still excellent at 332, and he's got his power with six homers, two triples, and 15 doubles. I really like Yaz. I, I certainly hope that that he's okay here. Uh, he's been a lot of fun to watch, like a legit breakout here for the Giants over the last couple of years that I think has some staying power. I mean, he's definitely, you know, He's 30, right? So it's not somebody that's going to be on uh, the Giants for like the next five years. But I think there's a lot of legitimacy here. So hopefully he's okay because I believe that he's a buy low if he's all right because that batting average is not going to stay at 222 all year. No, I don't think it's going to stay at 222. I don't, I don't think it's going to be what it was, though. Well, it was like 277 I, last year, 272 so- the year before. He's 268 for his career. So, uh, yeah, I think he's kind of a 265. I'll take that. I'm not, I'm not asking um, for 297. I was thinking more of the 272 yeah. from 29. 265 is yeah, pretty damn no, good in this day. You, you'll take though. that all day with good power production um, and and good run production because that, that Giants team is hitting. So he's going to score a ton too because he gets on base. Except for against my boy Andrew Heaney. Oh my gosh. I know, dude. He dominated. Oh, man, he mm-hmm. looked good, and I was watching a lot of that game and really impressed. Oh, and speaking of which, people who were freaking out over uh, Wood's start, Alex Wood's start in that game, don't freak out. Like, if you go back and watch that game and being a Giants fan and Andrew Heaney on the mound, you knew yeah, I was going to be watching like that Paul, game. Basically. Uh, both pitchers were getting squeezed quite a bit. It was a really, really small strike zone, uh, and Wood was visibly frustrated the entire start. Good with um, that strike zone. insight that so, you don't obviously get from the box score. So I love um, getting at. Yeah, stuff like he that. was not calling any okay. low pitches. And hey, like just everything. He got blitzed for seven earned in three and two thirds, and it moved his ERA to three forty eight. That tells you how great he was. I think we both see yeah. him as a mid threes guy anyway. So this kind of level sets him, and from here, I think he'll continue to be somewhere in the mid threes as long as he stays healthy mm-hmm. and as long as he wasn't you know hurt during that game, which you're saying it was not that it was that he was just getting squeezed no. and had a rough outing. He, he was forced to live like more in the middle of the zone because he wasn't getting pitches called. At the yeah, then I wouldn't zone. worry. Another factor that pleases me is they only had two doubles and six singles. And he only gave up mm-hmm. one of the doubles to uh, to Max Stassi. So it was the four walks. And that was the that was the Max Stassi one where. Yeah, oh, okay, okay. And so that goes back to your point about how he was being squeezed with the walks, had to come in the zone, gave up a few hits. Do not worry about Alex Wood. Uh, right now, you know, have some concern about Yaz and see where he's at. He, y'all didn't have a game yesterday. There were a lot of teams off on a Wednesday, which was kind of bizarre. Um, and so they'll be back today against the Giants and hopefully. Wait, so they played two, had a day off, 
and then they're going to put, oh, wait, wait, never mind, never mind, never mind, never mind. There's a two game set. And then there's another two game set that starts later this month. Never mind. I thought, I thought they had like a split four game set. I'm like, that's the weirdest scheduling I've ever seen in my life. Uh, but that is not the case. This one will surprise you. This will shock you and awe you. Steven Strasburg is hurt. I'm I knew shocked. you would be. I knew that you would be. Hits the IL um, with a neck injury. Is that correct? Yeah, they're calling it a neck strain, but it's really a, a trap muscle. Okay. He's had this before, no? Yes, it's what limited his previous outing. There you go. So to the IL with, with a neck uh, trap issue, I mean, I really don't think you're cutting him, but the stats haven't been that good. Is there any scenario? No, I'm cutting him. Okay. You, yeah, no, you should be cutting him. I mean, at this point... Unless you have the open IL spot, which very few people have at this point, I think you just got to cut bait. Boy, that's tough, but I, I think I agree with you, to be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, he he's had like 17 injuries I know, this season. I know, and... And at no point has his velocity actually been good. That's the him. thing, too. The results aren't there in the 21 and two-thirds. That's a small sample, but it's been bad and, I mean, we've talked about it ad nauseum about how injuries are piling up so much left and right for teams. Um, you got to imagine that a lot of the teams that have Strauss probably have four or five other injuries. So in NFBC, there's no IL. And in leagues where you have IL, they might be covered by, you know, premium top flight players, which he can be, but he hasn't been this year. I think I'm with you. I think he has at least a cut in um, – 10s and 12s for sure, and a lot of 15s. I think he's going to wind up being somebody you got to move on from. That's really tough. Um, yeah. All right, well, what about Madison Bumgarner? He leaves his start with a shoulder issue. All of a sudden, you look up, and uh, his ERA is now over 5. He'd been pitching well for a lot of the season. Um, you look at his core skills, they're still pretty good. But the big issue here has been the home runs still working. One and a half homers per nine. That's been a big issue in this run where he's allowed um, – moved his ERA up from 415 to 573 in the course of three starts with four homers allowed in the 12 innings. And so that's obviously a huge uh, 3.0 rate. Are you cutting Bumgarner as well? Yeah, I think I probably I mean, am. He's probably only rostered um, in 15 teamers and, and some 12 teamers as like a – team streamer uh so it's not mm -hmm. like everybody's out there with bum garner but I, th I think he's a cut too yeah 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 I, I do uh i mean here's the thing with bum garner and something i said like even during the hot streak was you know i, I know there was people who were who were kind of psyched with the kind of return of the velocity that was me but he still has issues commanding within the zone which has been his biggest issue since that atv accident is He's not precise in the zone. And then you add on top of it, he was working with reduced velocity prior kind of to the hot stretch. Then, you know, that that spells a lot of mm. trouble. But uh, we've seen it, you know, over the course of his last four starts where he's given up five home runs. And that's the yep. problem is he he's not locating within the zone. Uh, and it's not something that is easily picked up in the statistics. And so it's a matter of watching him and going, yeah, he, he's not. He's not quite. Right I there. thought he was one of those that had kind of the easy binary of if Velo is this high, he's good enough. 
if not cut bait, the velo has not gone down at all here. This is skill and it, it's, I think you nailed it. I think everything you said nails exactly what's going on with Bumgarner. He's a cut right now. He'll be a pickup again later uh, as a streamer, I bet. Um, he kind of reminds me, now his ERA is at the high end right now, but it reminds me of how I've been treating Jake Arrieta this year. I've like picked him up and dropped him like four different times this year because, you know, when Pittsburgh comes on the schedule, let's take a look. But then when a team of any capability is there, I don't really want to go for him. So I think Arietta is right there with Bumgarner as uh, f- former studs who are now just streamers. All right, let's move into buy low or let go for the pitching side and see if any of these guys have moved from their one one time perch into just streamers. And we have to start with Luis Castillo. I know he's been discussed ad nauseum across the industry, but it's because he continues to fail. Uh, it just it has not turned around. He's now one and eight with a 7.22 ERA and a 178 WHIP. The skills are ugly. Uh, strikeouts are way down. He's, he's lost three strikeouts off of his rate last year from 11-4 to 8-3. His walks are up. His home runs are up. Hits are up. It's all bad right now. Is there any light at the end of the tunnel? Are you going to buy low or let go on Luis Castillo? Probably neither. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's just too hittable. Yeah, he has no command like, right it, now. Yeah, I mean, the stuff that is supposed to be you know, low in the zone or out of the zone end up being middle-middle. Uh, he just does not have feel for pitches, and you have to wonder if he's one of the guys that are struggling with a new ball. Maybe there's something issue, some issue with a grip for him. That's a good call. Uh, uh, because I don't quite understand how you go from being such a good there's like an unquestioned stud whose command was a driving force to now like what he couldn't get us out like Mm -hmm. it's it's rough and you know i thought he was another one who was you know it's never as simple as as the binary even the one i stated with bumgarner and i understand that but it, it was one of those things that you could look at um castillo had one with weather he's he's kind of shown that he's not much for cold weather at all over the course of his career. So I thought some of the early issues were weather related. Even the uh, the gem that he had against the Pirates in his second start, the weather had spiked to 77 degrees in Cincinnati on April 7th. So even, even within this season, the weather narrative was playing out. But you can't, you can't go weather with the April that he had. Uh, it was just, or with the uh, May that he had, it was just all bad. 804 ERA in 28 innings. Um, this is this is bad. Do you cut Luis Castillo in 15 team leagues right now? No, you, I mean in a 15 team league, you have to kind of just roll with it. I think it was yeah. Ariel Cohen said it on Twitter the other day. It's like at this point, you need a Luis Castillo type guy to dig you out of the hole that Luis Castillo agreed I think that's a great way to put it and I'm with you I, I I couldn't cut him there what about 12 so I would have a really hard time Meets, doing it uh somebody uh, cut him in I think it was Brock Ness who picked him up and um you know you have to take the shot he spent like 120 on him and I was like I, you know I totally get that because the upside is just too rich and he doesn't have to start him either it's not like you have to and I mean even if like he's not this bad. Like I know, like he has, uh, he struggled, but I mean, he's got a four twenty eight 
XERA, a 428 mm-hmm. FIP. Like, he could legitimately, even if he continues to show these type of skills, just be the guy who he was in 2018, which is not going to be what you paid for, but it's not. Yeah, this, this is this is pain every fifth day from Luis Castillo. If we can get to something that is a lot more palatable, like you said, the 2018, where it was a 430 ERA, 122 whip. ERA would still be a little high, but that's a good whip. Uh, with a good strikeout rate, too, I, I still think his strikeouts will come back as well. In fact, he had a strikeout per inning in May. So as bad as that month was, he had 29 strikeouts in the 28 innings. Um, so, you know, with Luis Castillo, I have a hard time. Cutting. I mean, it's really been two bad starts this month. I mean, two really, really bad starts at Colorado, which, you which a lot of people didn't. Yeah. With the yeah. He's been. And then. Home versus Milwaukee, which most people did eat. But, like, while the other numbers haven't been good, like, they haven't crushed you in the way that uh, he's crushed you. Like, you could have avoided at least one of those bad starts uh, at Colorado. Uh, though I'm sure there were some people who were just like, nope, I've just got to roll okay, with them. I'm right here. You don't have to say that. Did you? Yeah, on the fireside with Nick about Castillo, I said in the one league I have him, I'm going to start him, and I did. And well, we know how that mistake not go well. That was peak, not great, Bob. And uh, you know, that's that's where we're at. Okay, I'm I'm dealing with it. I'm moving forward. I have not cut him or considered cutting him. He is benched though. This is one where. yeah, I think you, 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 I mean, unless you're in a really good matchup, you just can't, yeah. you can't go. That, that he is somebody I think you can bench. Uh, I usually don't bench my studs because I don't want them to dominate on, on my bench. But this is one where it's worth because he's so different from what we normally see from Luis Castillo that you do sit him down. You Maybe you see that first good start, you jump him back in. Some of y'all might want two good starts, but I need at least the one. Uh, Patrick Corbin, another guy that's pretty obvious that we would talk about here. Um, so we'll be quick on him. We're actually going to get to watch him. We're going to be in, in the in the Discord doing the Patreon watch party with him. Is there any hope here? Because he's coming off of a rough 20 as well, unlike somebody like Castillo. And actually, a bunch of these guys that are on this list, uh, they're not coming off of rough 20s. He is. A lot of us thought he'd get back on track. He has decidedly not. Most of his skills have been just as bad, if not worse. Is there any hope for Patrick Corbin at age 31 and showing some uh, now 21 starts of, of poor work if you add in last year? I mean, I, I want to believe there's hope. Um, the velocity has just been up and down this season. But, I mean, it, I mean his average velocity on, on the fastball is, is pretty much 92. It's 91.8. So, like, that should be a, a decent sign for him. He's just getting beat around the yard. And he's been a little bit better uh, in May than he was in uh, in April, uh, where he was just atrocious. Um, but it's still... Yeah, I mean, I don't. I think in 10 and 12s, you can cut. For sure. But, I think I'm still uh, holding for the same reason, the aerial principle of like... Yeah. You need to find you need to strike lightning with a Corbin or a Castillo to offset what they've done to you. I agree with him there. Not necessarily that I would start them or anything. I think it's a similar situation as Castillo, where I'm sitting Corbin until I see that first glimmer. But I agree that like he the- hasn't been good since those. 
Like, if you cut off the first two starts of the year where he just got worked, and obviously you ate those yeah. because you drafted well, him. Uh, yeah, but, you, you ate the one against the Dodgers, but hey, maybe some savvy yeah, you, folks you, out you, there were... were Maybe you got lucky because wasn't he like coming off the IL or something, and, and you you didn't activate him in time yeah, or something, something like that. Um, that would help. But uh, other, let's assume. But yeah, made. since April twentieth, he's got a four fourteen ERA. See, that's a lot more palatable. And like you said, yes, people ate the Dodgers and Arizona starts in most cases. But if you can look at that, you see, okay, this is not as dire as I as I necessarily thought it was. Um, so then, based off of that, would you then? be starting him. I'm starting him today against Atlanta, which may blow up in my face. Uh, but it was, it was, it was him or Carlos Martinez. So he did well, let's just go uh. to him. Cause he's on this list. He, <laughs> he put himself on this list with last night's start. Cause uh-huh. he was like fine before that. Nothing special, but last night's start, um, earned him a spot on this list. He gave up 10 earned. We talked about it at the outset of the show, 10 earned in two thirds of an inning, Moving his ERA uh, from I think 4.22 or 4.42. Hang on, I'm getting it from 4.22 to 5.83 in one fell swoop. Holy cow! Now this was one you yeah. could get away from. You did not have to start Carlos Martinez in his 4.22 ERA at the Dodgers. I did in a 10-team head-to-head because I'm a stupid idiot. Uh, that's why it doesn't make <laughs> sense that I'm second in the main because I'm a moron. Now it's a points league. It's one of you know I, I I knew I was getting into potential trouble. I thought, eh, give me give me 12 points. You know, give me like five innings, four runs, and five strikeouts. I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, I did not get that, Justin. Um, would you buy low or let go on Carlos Martinez? I'm probably letting go. Oh, I mean, he, he's pitching. Besides NL only, of course. I think you have to hold an NL only. Yeah, NL only, you got to hold. But, like, he, like he's pitching to contact a lot more um, and giving up a lot of hard contact. So, like, this is something that is going to happen, and, uh, kind of happen on occasion where, uh, you know, the pitching to contact with, leaves with a lot of, doubles and balls going over the wall and things like that and he's just not striking out enough exactly. people to warrant holding i mean he's got 31 strikeouts in 54 innings uh, and while he has been a volume play uh and these are kind of, you know i mean he has gone you know outside of that two thirds of an inning start he's gone at least five innings in every single one of his starts and that includes you know three uh starts with six innings uh, a start with seven and a third and an eighth start inning. So like, or eight inning start. Um, like, so he's, he's been an interesting volume play and I think he's a streamer, but I don't think you have to hold him on. Your I agree. Roster. You can, you can stream Carmard. And if you cut him after this start, nobody's gonna be rushing out to get him. By the way, in that head to head league, I cut him without even doing a pickup just to let people know, you know, it, it was a spike cut. That uh, it doesn't help your points. You don't get any points for doing it, but it makes you feel a little better. So I did that uh, last night at about 1030. I was like, you know what? You don't even get to stay with us tonight in the team hotel. You can walk home, Carlos Martinez. How dare you? Uh, Let's talk Dylan Bundy because he is the old Dylan Bundy again, and I don't really like that. Um, 649 ERA, 133 whip. Strikeouts are good. Walks are good. Home runs have returned. And that's exactly what I mean by being the old Bundy. 
He had a .7 homer per nine rate last year, which was the big difference. I mean, there were other differences too. Like there were that that's the result that changes, but there were skill changes and and sequence changes that fueled that. Those have evaporated. He's at 2.1 homers per nine this year. Buy low or let go on Dylan Bundy and his 0 and 6 record. Mm. Yeah, I think I'm okay letting go in shallower mixed. Um, obviously, I think in 15 team leagues, like I saw him get dropped in in my main event league. Uh, I put a triple digit bid on him, still didn't get him. That's what happened uh, with me and Heaney. Remember how I told you Heaney cut in my league, which yeah. I thought was. I mean, he had a five something ERA, but I thought that was. Yeah, that, that's um, Bundy. I think makes a little bit more sense, but I would still put a triple digit bid on him as well. I mean, he's he's just struggling to command within yep. his own. Like it's, uh, I, I watched this start against the Giants where he gave up three home runs, and all three of his home runs were just poorly placed pitches. Yeah, there's, there's meatballs. Um, he's given up seven homers in his last three outings. Yeah, and obviously that just that just can't play, and uh, you know that's that's been the problem. And, and the velocity has been an issue. And so you, it begs the question with a guy with his injury history is, is he hurt? I mean, he has not, uh, his last three starts have all been under 91 miles an hour, uh, average fastball velocity. Uh, he started the season at 92 and 92, nine. Um, I, you got to wonder if there's an injury. I think it's fair. I think it's fair to at least ask that because he's so different from what we saw uh, last year with Bundy in that breakout with 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 the Angels, and there's I thought there was a lot of viability to it. I was actually pretty excited about him coming into this year, and was feeling like, hey, if he keeps the homers suppressed, this can be a good pitcher, and he has not been. So I get cutting him in in tens and twelves, fifteens. Though I'm still just benching him if I can if I can afford it. There will be some unique scenarios where I think you can cut him. I don't think it's like a must, must hold in 15 teamers, but I'm trying to do so for a little longer just to see what's up because uh, he is still missing, you know, bats, 53 strikeouts and 51 in the third innings. And if he can get the homers in order, seven of the 12 homers have come in the last three starts. So he wasn't even giving up a ton of homers before this. And so if he can get back on track there, I think uh, I think we could see the the turn. He had a four ERA through his first six starts, perfectly palatable with um, forty strikeouts in thirty six innings. It was like, hey, Bundy's fine. Well, the Dodgers roughed him up, and that ha- that stink has stuck on him. Now I will say the schedule has turned. It's it was the Dodgers, then to the Red Sox, then Oakland, then to the Giants. That's four quality teams. They're ranging from really high quality to like solid. Like the, the A's are, you know. They're not elite, but they're firmly solid. Your Giants are insane. Um, the schedule before that wasn't easy, though. It included two games against Houston and one against the White Sox. There was KC, Texas, and Seattle in there, too. But, hell, t- Texas was the one team that ripped him in those first six starts. So I don't even think we can just blame schedule here. That just hasn't helped matters with Bundy. Hang on in 15s if you can. If you got to let go, though, I get it. That's where I'm at with him. Yeah, I, I think I agree. This one pains me, as you know. Uh, I consider Blake Snell a bit a bit of a friend. We're we're, we're internet homies. Uh, great guy. Uh, it, it's tough to see somebody struggle that you know you have at least a modicum of a of a friendship with, and he's got a five fifty five ERA and a one sixty WHIP. 
it's been brutal. The one thing you can hang your hat on is the 70 strikeouts in 47 innings. But is that enough when the ratios are like this, Justin? Uh, I think it is because I think he's going to be better. Is it because um, he raises the RA from 379 to 555 in just the last two starts? So uh, he has been mostly good throughout the season, too. Does that does that comfort you? Yeah, I mean, the Astros are a team that hits lefties well. I mean, he's really struggling with walks, yes. oh, um, oh, yeah. obviously. Not just I mean, in the last two starts. But it's also, it's been like two of the, the four bad walk starts where he's had, uh, or five walk starts. Uh, or, sorry, again, three of the bad five walk starts have been against teams that really uh, have good plate approaches against left-handed mm-hmm. pitchers. So tw- the Giants twice and then Houston. Yeah, there you um, go. I mean, that's that's going to be tough. So I think that that's part of the issue. Uh, there are moments like he's one of those guys like you watch him during a game where there are moments within a game where you're like, oh, God, they may not be able to get hit off of him. And then there are going to be moments where like, oh, no, this is going to be really ugly. And I do wonder if he's a, another one of these guys like uh, Castillo that it might be struggling with a new feel of the ball. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Um, That's just something that we can't really know. Yeah. And so, and I haven't like looked at his interviews to see if anybody's asked him, like, are you, are you just having trouble gripping the new ball? Uh, because he just loses command and control, like all of a sudden. Uh, and then other times he's just pinpointing on the black and making hitters look foolish. And this is where you're getting this, you know, huge strikeout with a 14% walk rate. Um, I, I tend to want to hold and kind of believe, maybe pick your spot, uh, starts here mm-hmm. and there, uh, because it is a tough division to pitch in when you're going up against a Giants, a team who's really, really good against lefties, uh, the Dodgers, and then, you know, going to Colorado on occasion. So I think you're being just a little bit more judicious about your starts, but you're not, you're not cutting. Um, I actually would try to buy low. Yeah, I would too. And, you know, I'm trying to separate any any level of, uh, you know, connection to him from this. It has nothing to do with that. If I didn't think he was going to help your team in any way, I could easily say don't get him. But I can't really cut him. Like I said, Snell, his ERA went from 379 to 555 in the last two outings. So it's like if we did this uh, on May 18th, I wouldn't have even had him on the list. So this is a recent phenomenon in terms of his bad ERA. But like you said, the walks have been an issue all year. Be a little bit more judicious in where you start him, but otherwise I'd go out there and buy low on Snell where you can. Uh, what about Max Freed? We're going to see his team, but not him. In fact, we were supposed to get Ian Anderson. We're getting Tucker Davidson instead. Uh, they want Ian Anderson for the Dodgers, and frankly, I don't blame them. I think it's actually pretty smart to uh, to move him back, even though it, it screws us from getting an opportunity to watch him up close. But his teammate Max Freed has struggled with a 535 ERA and a 155 whip. However... If you're a fan of ERA indicators, you're going to be a lot more pleased with what Max Fried has going on under the hood because really right now it's an egregious hit rate uh, fueled by a 357 BABIP. I will say, until last year, Fried tended to run high BABIPs, and I do think he played a role in that with the command and control of his arsenal. So I'm not going to give him a full pass here and say he's definitely going to 
you know, shave this all the way down. But I do think he's better than the 357 mark. Uh, like I said, the ERA indicators are under four with him. Most of them are. Sierra is at 420, which is still pretty solid given where he's at. Is Max Fried somebody that you're going to buy low or let go? Yeah, I think I'm going to buy low on him. Um, I kind of throw out April a little bit, and this is really like picking and choosing like what stats I want to use and which I don't, but like he was hurt in April, uh, and that's where those two bad starts come from. Uh, and so if you look at the four starts prior to uh, two days ago, um, he had a 1.5 ERA, uh, and this was against you know the national teams that then beat him up. Uh, on, was that Tuesday, and then uh, against Toronto. Uh, he also took advantage of getting Pittsburgh and uh, the Mets, but you're going to get uh, some of those kind of starts uh, here and there. I think he's going to end up being okay. I don't think it's going to be as good as uh, it was last year, obviously, uh, but I think it's going to be better, obviously, than it has been this year, and I think it'll probably be a little bit better than it was in 2019. So we're talking about like a high threes ERA uh, and like a, a 120-ish whip. Okay. With a strikeout and inning. Uh, and I'm okay yeah. with that. Like if someone's selling low on that, I think I'll, I'll, I'll go in uh, uh buy. Yeah, I, th- I think I would too right now on Max Fried. I, I, I don't see any reason to like be fully out. I think, I think you acknowledge that like, hey – uh, you, you kind of cut off anyone saying like you're nitpicking um, to, to just choose pick and choose on, on his starts. I think it's fair to point that out though. Like, Hey, I'm not just discarding April because it makes me feel better. He was hurt and he ended up missing three weeks mm-hmm. after the three bad starts there. And if you look at him since coming back until the Tuesday outing, he had four gems in, in May. So I'm with you there. I'm picking up Freed where I can. I, he's not really being cut, but if he happens to get cut in your league, definitely go get him. And uh, if you can get him in a trade, I would definitely entertain that as well. I would buy low on Max Freed. So there's our six pitchers for buy low or let go. Uh, some interesting names there for sure. One or two of these guys is definitely going to turn around. I'm going to be that second half guy that everyone's like, see, I stuck with him and it. I was heavily rewarded. But I think one or two of them will be the opposite, too, and it's hard to know which mm-hmm. which those are. We just got to go with our best guesses based on the stats that we have. So hopefully we've helped you make some decisions here. These are the tough, these are the tough pitchers, the tough calls, because you never want to cut somebody too soon. But you start to see June on the, on the calendar, and you're like, is it really too soon? So it, it's that hemming and hawing that uh, we all deal with. Hopefully we've given some clarity to it. But, Justin, we got to go get ready for a watch party. We've – Nats, uh, Braves. Let me get the lineup here because if they screwed us and they don't have like Soto in the lineup, uh, you know, I'm going to be angry. Okay. So let me pull it up. Let me see if we got B lineups or A lineups here. We got, uh, we got Acuna and Soto in. So we have the two Uber superstars. Trey Turner's there. He's covered. Freeman, Albies, Riley. Okay. I think we're good. I think we got uh, the legit lineups here. Now, Listen, the Nats kind of die off after the middle of their lineup. That's not a B lineup. That's actually their A. Yeah, no Josh Bell. Yeah, but I mean, isn't he crappy anyway? (laughs) He's been better as a player. He actually has. We talked about him. Uh, Exactly. And hopefully we can jumpstart some of these pitchers that we discussed. I will say, though, for, you know, Ryan Zimmerman has been out of his mind. 
and he yeah, does crush great. lefties, which Tucker Davidson is. So mm-hmm. that maybe helped him get in the game. And that's you probably know, why. Imagine if they had a DH, they could play both every day. Wouldn't that be nice nationally? I still believe. I, I know you're lobbying for it. You you've actually been calling Ryan Zimmerman because he's a players mm-hmm. rep. Uh, player union rep yep. and you've been trying to get him to like do stuff he wants you to stop calling he texted me. he's hitting 366 against well he's pretending that the ball is your face because you keep calling him and you call it weird hours asking about the dh he has a family dude leave him alone and i mean weird hours to some people are not weird yeah, but hours he has the others. east coast to west coast and he's you know he goes to bed early so He's when okay you're calling him at, at you know ten your time, that's that's one over there in the east, dude. You got he could have blocked <laughs> my number. All right, man. Well, we'll see how how many homers Ryan Zimmerman hits for us, and then you and I will talk uh, early next week. You got anything coming up on Sunday? Uh, I do. I can't remember with okay. who though. Jason and I'll be there, but um, I cannot off the top of my head. I'm sure there will be a fantastic guest. I yeah, don't know who don't, it is. You don't get but bad it's, ones. It's, it's gonna be so someone. I think it'll be good as well. But uh, I look forward to listening to that on a on a walk with Shar. But I will talk to you uh, very soon, right after this. Take care. Take it easy.